got to rest. Oh, if you please, sir. Me too. Just, just for a few minutes. We don't want a podcast today. But the Spencer of Patreon says nay, nay, nay. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> you guys missed it so bad. <laughs> it was a little off rhythm. I didn't know where you were going. Yeah. No, I uh, never agreed to participate in that. <laughs> <laughs> Did I uh, not do the, to- the the beat right, or was it just... You're a little pitchy. Little, yeah. I'm not a good... I'm not a good singer. I gotta so. be honest. I only know where there's a whip, there's a way. That's the whip. only thing I know from <laughs> the song. Well, hey, 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 it's okay. So we'll just go ahead and move on. We're not professional singers. We're <laughs> semi-professional podcasters. So. <laughs> right. So yeah, we are doing a Patreon request tonight from our dear, dear Patreon patron. Spencer. 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 The wolf. Oh, no, wait. No, Spencer. <laughs> Spencer. You guys aren't saying it right. Spencer. There you go. Now, Pap, he gave us three choices, correct? And that's, we just picked one. We voted on one. Is that how it went? Yeah, he gave us a few choices. Punishment spoilers, The Return of the King, The Hobbit, Pink <laughs> Floyd, and also Stranger Things and Metalocalypse. He thinks would be a fun podcast. But we picked the punishment one. For whatever reason. He also asked that we have a three drink minimum on the podcast, which I think some of us are just already there before we started. But otherwise, um, <laughs> we will uh, also probably do The Hobbit at some point, I would guess. We're committed. For Spencer. Spencer, I'm always stone cold sober when I do pods. I'm just naturally that bad. So uh, <laughs> um, this is Brett, by the way. So we got a message from Spencer. It says, uh, we told him we were going to do Return of the King. He said, great. Can't wait to hear it. Uh, L-O-T-R is full of good quotes. One of my favorites is this one. When Frodo says, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. And then Gandalf says, so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. My question is, what is your favorite quote from Lord of the Rings? Thanks. So we're going to go uh, from east to west. I want you to introduce yourself, tell us where you're recording from. Go ahead and tell us your favorite quote, if you have one from Lord of the Rings. Uh, I believe you meant probably from the movies, but if you got one from the books, go ahead. So I believe our eastess would be... Me? Yeah, yeah, Pappy, I guess. This is Pappy. Huge thank you again to Spencer, who made a sizable Vigo Morton's donation to the Patreon. So we really appreciate him. Um, wow. Favorite quote from The Lord of the Rings? Oh, recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan, the Isis. Favorite quote, actually from this movie, Samwise Ganji to the ring in his head telepathically. Yes. I can feel you throbbing with excitement. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh yes. That's got to be the best line in Lord of the Rings history. You. I can feel you throbbing with excitement. Uh, do we all have to find a new one now? <laughs> this is <laughs> yeah. Josh. I think this is. I think I'm up next. Josh from Goshen. <clears throat> um, I really like this quote. I used it for 
in our Lord of the Lord of the Rings Return of the King podcast like 20 part series. I used it for one of the uh, trivias. You had to tell me if this was Token or Mike Skinner of the Streets. Mm-hmm. And the full quote is sweet is the sound of the pouring rain and the stream that falls from the hill to plain. Better than rain or rippling brook is a mug of beer inside this took. And I think when he wants us to do like a three beer thing that me and Pappy are at least partaking in. I feel like this is like a really good quote for tonight. <sighs> Mikey's there too. Mikey was three beers deep before we even started. I'm pretty sure. Yes. I had to, to get through this movie. One other thing. One other thing. The quote, I don't have it pulled up anymore where it's like about Bilbo having mercy on Gollum. I think that's really cool too. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Stevie? I believe uh, Stevie's up. Yeah, this is Stevie recording from Elkhart. Um, favorite Lord of the Rings quote. Uh, it's a pretty simple one. Um, it's been recycled numerous times. Uh, it's only two words, and it's the hardest I laughed in all <laughs> Lord of the Rings theaters. And that was Gimli's amazing delivery of, you failed. Failed. <laughs> Were you the Dude. only one laughing? Oh yeah. Was that the soundboard or Stevie? What's that? Well, I think it's Stevie. That was just me. Who? Dang, you've been working on that since I was like twelve, man. It's the hardest I laughed in all those movies. Well, I mean, those are hardcore comedies, so that's really saying something. <laughs> I'm just saying, Two Towers is the most comedic, so it seemed <clears throat> like it was a good place to laugh. <laughs> you felt. Yeah, it failed. That's definitely a a, a podcast spoilers favorite. Um, we really liked when Stevie says that. I believe I didn't know that, and the first time you said it, I think was it during Two Towers, our podcast. And oh my god, I I think we all just freaking died laughing. So he teased that quote for like four episodes, and <laughs> yeah, then it was like just it was two be, words. <laughs> we were just waiting for some amazing speech. All right, so uh, Mikey from where you recording out of? Uh, Mikey from Chicago, Illinois, and uh, mine is not so much a quote, but more of a sound effect that is surrounded by a scene, yes. and that's the Air Jordan sneakers just yeah. squeaking <laughs> yeah. during the Gandalf. This is the greatest game of one-on-one in the middle of man was running suicides nonstop. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just so funny how squeaky their shoes are when they... Just wear like elf boots or something. <laughs> it's just really, really weird. That is a freshly waxed floor. Oh, yeah. Corey? Well, I want to say hello, this is Corey, but if I never say hello, I won't have to say goodbye. Mm. This movie has taught me that. This is Corey, Kylo Ren memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. Uh, there's one that I used to say a lot just because I thought it was funny and it had that like vague sexual kind of undertone, which is uh, I could carry it for a while, share the load. Oh, <laughs> it's really nice how like that just gets repeated in the scene. Share the load. I've share heard you. Load. I've heard you say this like so many times. Share yeah, the load. yeah. I guess I really never let go of it completely, Josh. <laughs> but you know, I think one of the Best lines also is when Aragorn says to Eowyn, I cannot give you what you seek. 
Like it's, there's so much like finality to that. Like, <laughs> you know, she's kind of like flirting with him and it's just like his way of saying like, look, I've tried to be nice, but no, no, never. <laughs> he was never. petting her feet while she slept, all right? <laughs> he permanently sent her in deep into the friend zone <laughs> whilst she could never get out. It's just such a cold line, but it's uh, effective and cool. So those are my two. Brett, how many do you have? Uh, actually, two, I suppose, if you want to call them that. Um, I never, I was going to mention this in the Two Towers pod. I never got around to it. It's like my single favorite part. And it's one word, and it gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. I can't describe why I like it so much. But when the battle's going really bad at, and at Helm's Deep and they ride out, when Gandalf comes up and then the, then, uh, Aomer comes up and he goes, Rohirrim, and they all come up. Oh my God, that like freaking gets me. I think that's like so, so awesome. Also, I mean, Theoden's speech is just like gives me goosebumps like everywhere. Um, mm, yeah. <laughs> Theoden apologist. What, what about, uh, what about the abridged version of Theoden's speech in this movie? Yeah, I, I'm reading right now. He just says, ride now, ride to Gondor. I'm sure we'll get to that. But since it is Spencer and he loves the lore and we didn't do very well, I will point out that during that amazing speech, technically in the book, Aomer is the one that says, death, ride, ride to ruin, and the world's ending after Theoden, after he sees Theoden and Eowyn's bodies on the ground. He literally goes insane. And uh, so that would have been really cool too, but... I also want to say one other thing about the book stuff, Brett, if that's okay. Yeah, oh yeah. In the book, the word production is spelled correctly. Yes. Yeah. Also in the book, Aomir jumps off the top rope. Off the steel gate on the man! (laughs) Tags in edge! (laughs) Also, in the book, unlike this movie, C sounds in Elvish are hard C. So, Kirdan, Caliborn, Kirith Ungle. So, uh, this book didn't do, this movie didn't do a lot of research. Um, I, I don't believe so, but I guess we'll get into that. Spencer, but, send him an email. The people that made this movie. They're <laughs> all dead. <laughs> oh, shit. Jeez. They, dude, look at their, they're like legends. I mean, they're like yeah. Christmas movie legends. Like, it's crazy um, how much stuff they did. But let's, uh, again, I say this all the time, but I really mean it this time. I am not going to go through uh, the plot of this movie. We all know it. We did seven podcasts on it. Actually, technically, we did, what, 20? 20. Because they do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> Started with the kids. Okay, and then, okay, so my first, I got a few quick questions about the movie that I'm just going to throw around. Just answer one or two lines. So, Stevie. Is this better than the Oscar-winning Lord of the Rings Return of the King from 2002? Mm, good question. I gave you the tough one, Stevie. Okay. Obviously not. <laughs> but I'll say that the 2002 version didn't have the banger that is when there's a whip, there's a way. Oh, there's a true, true. There's, a there's, there's no music, a right? <laughs> that's like Mikey's new if the next time we're all together call Mikey I bet that'll be his ringtone nah he probably doesn't want to go around with like a slave you know march. what's awesome no, you know no, what's, no, no, no. 
Stevie, this movie does have one up on Return of the King. Peter Jackson is that super no, Saiyans? no Orlando Bloom, no Legolas hey, at all. Hey, hey, you're stepping on my questions, bro. <laughs> How dare what you talk heck? about this movie? How dare we converse? We're not there yet. All right. I'm just saying, Josh, you had to be there when, you know, Orlando was doing that stuff in the early 2000s. Like, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was pretty big back then. That's all I'm saying. Josh, do you know how hard it would be to animate Legolas grinding an elephant's (laughs) trunk in this uh, back in the 60s? That would be that would take years. They were spending too much time on Elrond's head floaties. (laughs) Yeah, what's up with Elrond? Is he drunk? (laughs) What is he doing? What's that stuff around his head? And I was like, I don't know. So, Pap, just to piggyback Mm. on what Josh just said, your question is, who did you like more in this movie, Gimli or Legolas? Neither are in it. Uh, Oh, oh. Because I guess it goes back to your first question. This isn't just Return of the King. This is... A summarization of kind of all three books but, <laughs> yes but it's just uh frodo and sam had some mordor. adventures and ended up in mordor at some point very streamlined well i was Which gonna makes it odd because we're starting with not the first movie right uh, There's other movies before this, wasn't there? No. Well, we well, should have done they did, The Hobbit. They did a Hobbit, they did a Hobbit mm-hmm. in 77. I, no, one in 76 maybe. And then they did the one that we did, episode. Um, they wanted to call this The Hobbit 2. Uh, this has no relation to the Frank Baxter. Is that what you meant by that in the group thread? Yeah, but I spelled it yeah. T.O. I'm so mis- confused. Listen. Oh, okay. okay. Do a lot Happy's of voice grammar chat. in the group. <laughs> no, <laughs> your grammar in the group thread is just unbearable <laughs> so Jack- pat was wrong then we are in order he said the hobbit too but he spelled it t-o like yeah he's actually in dumb and dumber because <laughs> this isn't like a visual medium pappy types like charlie <laughs> kelly speaks so <laughs> yeah pappy is an extremely smart person pappy's really really smart but he's borderline illiterate so. whoa listen <laughs> what's the deal do you just not care is that it you just don't care to get I, it right you guys can figure it out just it's better to be ambiguous i can't read your hieroglyphics <laughs> Dude. I don't know what you're writing. Josh, can you read what Pappy said today? Oh, it was... was You probably can't, man. It's such a tongue twister. (laughs) Give it a a shot for us. This will be really funny for the... Yeah, I will. Dennis is asshole. Why Charlie hate? Right. Dennis is bastard man. This this makes sense (laughs) with this question because we're talking about The Hobbit. And he's and Pappy's rebuttal to right. why it was okay that we did these because out you of order. didn't want to do Return of the King. I was like, listen, it's a good pick by Spencer. We're all okay. excited for it. It was a great pick, but he gave us the option of the seventy-seven. Yeah, that Hobbit was done by as us. Well. That was and a we bad call. Knowing full well we are Lord of the Rings completists, so we're going to have to do these out of order now. And you said in the group th- thread, we did the Fast and Furious movies out of order. <laughs> right, that was fine. And then he says, it's all the same. This movie's supposed to be worse in the then the that Hobbit. <laughs> in the then the that. So many THs. So many like six words. words in there. I gotta be honest. Yeah. This is the first time hearing this. I, I didn't 
proofread a thing. I just oh, you did- I type and go. I don't uh. I don't think. I don't look back. All right, Pat, we love you. Sorry. Um I was gonna ask this to Mikey, but I know the answer now, so I'll ask it to Corey. What is a better jam? Uh whistle what is it? Where there's a whip, there's a way, or Frodo of the Nine Fingers? Wow. Uh, so, a couple things about the music in this movie, man. I'd say that legitimately, like, that orc song is kind of an earworm. The orc, uh, oh, yeah. when there's a whip, there's a way. But it's weird. This movie is weird, and the songs <laughs> are weird. Yeah. Because one, one thing, and, you know, I'm not the first person to say this, apparently, although I thought this was a wholly original note I took is that the orc singing voices are very pleasant, like uncharacteristically pleasant human-sounding voices, and they can do some great harmonies. Additionally, there's like weird touches with them. Like it kind of seems like South Park, like the Mormon Joseph Smith episode (laughs) at times, where someone like is doing something and then it goes into like the little like dum-da-dum-dum-dum song. Smart. Do you guys also Smart. remember the episode Lemmy Winks? Lemmy Winks. Mm-hmm. Lemmy Winks. Do you think there's a reason why that guy's <laughs> voice is so vibrato and it's like the same <laughs> shit as this? Ah. Frodo of the Nine Fingers and the Ring of Doom. Lemmy Winks journeyed a distance far and fast. To find his way out of a gay man's ass The road ahead is filled with danger and fright But push onward, Lemmy Winks, with all of your might this, well, I looked it up. They did base it off this in The Hobbit. Oh, it's it like, had to really, be, yeah. That's there's, pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's very strong so connections. <laughs> it's like a cheap version of Cat Stevens. Like, That's a good comparison, Brett. I like that. Yeah. And the nine fingers, Lemmy Winks, Lemmy Winks. It's the same shit. How does it feel to have killed your brother? (laughs) (laughs) There's one moment where Frodo is like reliving his orc trauma, PTSD. Holy shit. And it's like this gentle, like John Denver fucking song playing over it. It does not match at all. No, master. You you must rest. I must destroy the ring. I've more of a chance now. But there's still such a long way to go. That's tomorrow, Mr. Frodo. Tomorrow. Leave tomorrow till it comes. Sleep will ease your mind. With the dawn, you'll find problems realize. Oh my God! There's there's so much John Denver influence throughout this whole movie. I was mm-hmm. like baffled. So that- I play a lot of John Denver around the house when I'm like doing chores or just like having stuff to get done. And I was watching this movie. And my wife walked in the room and goes, "Huh? I didn't know John Denver was in this movie." And I said, "He's not." Such, <laughs> such blasphemy. <laughs> Was it? Was she being serious or was she ripping no, on? No, she's being serious. <laughs> the thing about "There's a Whip, There's a Way" song, it kind of implies that the orcs don't want to be doing bad stuff. Yeah, yes, which is not true, really. I don't think. I mean, they talk about it actually in the uh, the Rings of Power. Like they hate Sauron, but like they're like I don't know, like kind of built to serve and like 
it's best for them that they hitch their wagon to him. I don't know. But yeah, well, you I, hate Biden and you need a ruler. <laughs> oh, the dilemma. Just joking, Brad. Orcs, orcs need yeah. a But seriously, right? they I need one. Doesn't everyone know, like, this is like the George R. R. Martin thing where he's like, J.R. Tolkien didn't address, like, the orcs and their, like, moral ambiguity, like, what happens to them after the war. But, like, seeing this movie, it's like, I, did he get that idea from this? <laughs> like, the orcs singing about how they don't actually want to march to war. But but this movie never addresses what happens to them after the war. It just, like, it doesn't pay off if they're good guys or, like, don't want to do this. Frodo has, like, a vision of, like, his peaceful future. Yeah. And, like, there's, like, a nice orc. And he's like, hey, how's it going? And the orc, like, smiles and, like, walks by. But, yeah, yeah it, it doesn't really address. That's kind of like a fantasy moment. Then they all go behind the tree and have a foursome. <laughs> Best part. Yeah. yeah. My, I like, I don't know if you guys heard this line, that song, but he's like, when are we going to get some eats? Like, that's probably the best line in that song. Anyway. Brett, were you shocked as me that no one said that was their favorite quote? The top of the pod? A little bit, because it's probably been one of the ones we said the most, even on non-Lord of the Rings pods. Blast! What a time to fall asleep! Pippin looks like a monkey. Am I wrong? It looks strange. Uh, yeah, he looks very odd. <laughs> what do you mean? He's the next step in Hobbit evolution. He's the most interesting <laughs> Hobbit there is. Is Why? he a regression the in the timeline? Or what? <laughs> what do you think Sean Astin feels like when he sees the 1977 Return of the King, uh, the uh, Lord of the Rings, and this one, and he's the ugliest character in the whole, in either movie? No when one's did- very attractive in this movie, though. <clears throat> It's true. Animation style. It's like weird. It's kind of like gross, but nostalgic to me in a weird way. Like Josh and Brett, you guys can probably relate to this, but like 80s American animation was like very like unpleasant. Like the characters kind of look (laughs) ugly. And it reminds me of like David the Gnome and the Little Bits. You guys remember those shows? I don't remember the Little Bits. I obviously remember uh, David the Gnome and what was his fox's name? Uh, I don't remember. But yeah, it's just like the... The ugliness to the character faces. Swift, Swift, I think. I will. I will say that like the backgrounds and the settings kind of fucking slap. Like they're really cool watercolors, and like the rocks look really awesome, and uh, Mount Doom looks crazy. Yeah. Uh, but like eighty percent of the character design is garbage. Like, I hate the way the hobbits look. Well, let's 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 piggy orcs. let's piggyback on this. I, I want to know what everyone's opinion is. Do you guys like this animation style or the rotoscope? And don't I'm not talking about the regular animation. I think we all agreed that was pretty cool-ish in the last one. But like, do you like actual animation? Do you like the rotoscope from the other one, which was really jarring isn't the more, to me? Isn't the more fair question to ask if you like the mixed media approach of yeah, the last true. one? Yeah, answer because however rotoscoping you want. was like one of the four technical like things they plied at that movie, I guess. Oh, exp- explain. I mean, I'm, you're. What's that? I, I don't, I didn't know there was that. Can you like expound so on that or something? When we, What is that movie called? Actually, Pappy, we did the, an episode on it. It's just Lord of the Rings animate the animated. Mm-hmm. Movie. Yep. And it's like, there's rotoscope where they took actual people and like took the outlines of them and had them move and like colored that in. And then there's like straight up, animation like drawn characters like the hobbits are all drawn characters 
And then there's also like the watercolors like in this movie too. So And also live action. Is there live action in that? I'm what was sure the live action, is. Stevie? I think it was I at think the you're right. deep part. Just a few regular dudes yeah. mixed up in there, or like orcs. Yeah, yeah like shadowed human figures, if I remember correctly. Mm. I mean, I'll say this, so, at least that yeah. Lord of the Rings was, I, I really criticized. Really interesting. Yeah, at least it was trying to do something. This feels like an assignment that someone was given. You know what I mean? I don't... I don't know. I there's nothing like visually compelling to me, but it's more of a problem of like I'm so bewildered by what's happening in the story. You know, like that at least that Lord of the Rings was competent in telling some kind of narrative. This is just fucking insane. Was this movie allowed to be competent? I'm wondering like on a TV movie budget like cuz they couldn't mention again, the other one, right? What'd you say? They like really couldn't mention the other Lord of the Rings, right? There was like rights issues. Yeah, there's like rights issues. They couldn't mention like uh. mention the other one besides the Hobbit. Really? Yeah, that's why. Like, it makes no sense. Like in regards to this movie. <laughs> Wait, why do you guys say it makes no sense? Because how the fuck does it make we sense? We all know, Josh, unless you've seen. We the all movie. know because we just okay. end up in the last movie of the trilogy. <laughs> Well, we watched them out of order. <laughs> You're out of order, Josh. That's why it doesn't make it like. This whole podcast's out of order. Yes. We know this story well enough. Pappy, you're telling me you weren't able to follow this? That's I, a problem here. I can follow it, but th- this, like, I don't know. I, on, on one hand, this is trying to be like a standalone Lord of the Rings movie, right? Because they, they summarize The Hobbit yeah. in this movie. They, they show, like, clips yeah. from that movie. So yeah. it's. I, but if this was your only exposure to Lord of the Rings, you'd be like, this is the craziest batshit thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it could be with what Stevie said. Like, they're trying to give you some background at the beginning, but if they're not really allowed to mention the first two movies, you're going to be lost. I don't know. It's so weird. I mean, it's a weird why thought, does he have the, Why does he have the ring? Where did he get the ring? That's why they're showing the Hobbit stuff. Yeah. They barely even say what the ring represents other than it needs to be destroyed. I mean, it's just so weird. I, I don't, I, I, you know, I didn't even really think Dude. about how weird it was. And but that's, but that's the exact downfall of this movie like because someone made a comment earlier. I don't, well, you guys on the thread, I don't know if you're joking or, but I think Pappy said it's a standalone film. It kind of is because it doesn't, it's just so weird. It, it tells you how Bilbo <laughs> found it. And then he had it, and then he misses it. And it uses that vibrato singer guy to like tell the whole thing about nine fingers and all. Yeah. <laughs> they keep him in the corner, and whenever this situation comes up, they're like, hey, <laughs> sing that song we taught you. Joey Stroll. Wrote the music on for. It. The Minstrel of Gondor. Hmm. It's just, yeah, really weird to me. I didn't really <clears throat> think about that until we started talking about it. To answer your question from earlier, I do, I think, like this one better because I appreciate the consistency. I'm also Thank picking you. up the nostalgia that Corey is lying down. But like the other movie just took me out of the movie every time it would switch animation styles. It was pretty harsh. It was I weird, thought. yeah. Oh, you yeah. like the way uh, these hobbits look like ugly babies? <laughs> ugly fat babies walking around? <laughs> and, 
at least they're literally drawn of the same material that the men are. Same material. Pappy, (laughs) you kind of mentioned what material these creatures are made out of. And we are going to lose this detail if I don't bring it up right now. The next evolution in Hobbits, like this is something Gandalf actually breaks down (laughs) at the end of the movie, right? This is a real thing. Can you hear me, first of all? (laughs) In pure blood. Can you hear me? Is Pap here? Uh, Who's Pap? Hear me now. Pat. Hey, there you are. Yeah, we can hear you now. So this whole movie is set in the pretenses like this is the the actual past. Because I think in the opening song, they even say like, can you imagine if this was years ago in a time before Earth? But I don't know. It's kind of saying like the the hobbits are an inferior race. Like Gandalf's like, maybe you have a little bit of hobbit in you and looks right at the camera. This is like explicitly set in our world, basically, right? I don't know. It's like it's a theme in the book that the the age of the elves are over and it's the time of man, but like they don't really mention that, so it kind of comes off that way. It's always been set in our world, Pat. How do you not know this? Mordor is literally Terre Haute, Indiana. How do you not know? Josh, do you have a little bit of Hobbit in you, do you think? Well, the whole reason they're talking about it is Frodo's like, so if the Age of Man is coming, what will happen to Sam and the Hobbits? Will they survive? And Gandalf's like, well, you guys are kind of like getting taller. Look at him. <laughs> He's tall. You guys could be he like men someday. You should have said, well, you guys you guys should start learning the song where there's a whip, there's a way. Because you're going to be the slaves. <laughs> Oh, that is Damn. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of wasted time in this movie for a movie that kind of attempts to fit three other stories into this one movie. Like, like Corey oh, brought up earlier. I watched the- this. I watched this at 1.2 speed. This, I, <laughs> I felt like people were intentionally talking slow. And the fact that it is like a perfect one night or a perfect ninety minutes is like, I think they edited it to just to just coincide with like a, a ninety minute TV special or something because they're talking so slow and when you <laughs> play it through VLC and you change you fast forward it to one point two it's like oh now it sounds like a normal I don't like like people talking normally I don't know and where where there's Mike. a whip there's a way at one point two it slaps it's one really point- good. 1.2 or 1.18 or 1.123. It's hard to get it right on 1.2, I felt like. You have to you have to go to video and faster fine. Nice. Okay. Hmm. But uh it's I don't know. It or it's just like I, I Did you guys think that they were like talking super slow? I don't know. Some 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 of the dialogue between like uh Sam and Frodo is just like Oh my God! What? It, why are you guys dragging so long? You're 100 percent onto something because they're they're trying to fill a two hour block on TV. And there's been times that we've tried to get a spoilers episode to hit like exactly a certain time, you know, like three hours or something. And that's when they keep looping. Yeah, right. The wearer of the ring, the bearer yeah. of the ring. Like oh, they that play, was a great tune. They play that as many times as they need to to get to the next commercial break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what they use <laughs> to get there. And the ring of doom 
Why does he have nine fingers? Where is the ring of doom? One of the commercial breaks is the hobbits like rolling down a hill. And they just keep rolling down this hill before and after the commercial break. It's insane. Oh, yeah. They go back to it. I forgot about yeah, that. They like a back. re-entrance. Like, remember where we were? Some say they're still rolling to this day. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. This movie goes pretty hard on Sam for like the first 30, 40 minutes. Like, he's the main character. I thought it was because they, I think Roddy McDowell, who's, you know, I would say a legendary actor, but... Uh, well-known actor was the character played his voice. So, but like, could Frodo have been any different in this than he was in that, like the trilogy we watched where he's like half dead, three fourths dead. This is, I mean, they're literally running at one point and they're having a conversation. Like, it's really, really weird. Oh, uh, when they're running away from like Mount Doom and they're just like, uh, I think we're going to die now on the lava. <laughs> from the- and, and, and says, die well, like, Sam. I yeah, I don't oh want to do gosh. that. I'm sorry, Frodo. I think the, I, I think what you're getting at is that it seems a lot more closer to 50-50 Sam helping Frodo out, Frodo helping Sam out when... They're both like reaching the breaking points, right? Yeah, Brett? they do that like four different times where Sam's like, I can't go any further. And Frodo's like, we must go here. And then the next time Frodo's like, I can't take another step. And Sam's like, oh, <laughs> master, we have to. Like it happens four times. But they're like so dehydrated and low on food. And they're able to spend six days in Mount Doom. While the army marches it's like, around. It's like the animated version of the deer deer hunter. They didn't have any lambdas bread. Well, yeah. Sam ate it all. That's something, Pappy, that's so much better conveyed in a live action movie, right? Like how dehydrated and withered these people are than in this animated movie. Or maybe even in any animated movie. But when, when I look at Frodo on, the, on Mount Doom, like on the mountain, like passed out with his like chapped lips... To me, I can like see it and I can feel it. In the animated movie, they really got to like say it a lot because, you know, what are you going to do? Draw a couple more lines under their eyes? <laughs> He's just dirty. They just got like dirt on their face. Got like brown, brown spots all over them. I feel like this movie is trying to make them cute the whole time. Like, I know we all said they're ugly, but like, Sam doesn't actually do any violence every time he's in battle he just kind of like tricks his opponent into falling off a ledge you know what i mean like it uh it has the ninja turtles like leonardo never stabs a person with his katana blades it's always like kicking them off a wall or some like go down a ladder no his trick is he he sticks them in the ceiling and then he holds on to him and he'll kick you yeah <laughs> it's like, that's not it's like having a gun but just pistol whipping people <laughs> yeah, <laughs> throwing it at someone. <laughs> that wouldn't be wise because now they have it. <laughs> so uh, I guess like when Sam at the beginning, he picks up the ring and some stuff that doesn't happen in the movie happens. Josh, do you want to like talk about that a little bit? Well, I thought Corey might want to talk a little bit about how we like 
discussed this on the previous pods. Like, how did Sam come across the the ring? Like, how did he end up with it? They really explain this very clearly. It's lost, like, amongst the battle stuff or something, right? Yeah, he finds it on the ground, you know? Oh, look at that. <laughs> That's the big deal. <laughs> That's the most powerful thing in the world. Look at that. What's all this then? The ring of power <laughs> and a dollar. Look at this nuclear bomb just on the side of the road. <laughs> What's going on? Who would have thought? I'll pick it up. I mean, in the book, I, I know Spencer's a big book guy, so I'll say what happens in the book. Sam walks over to Saruman's tower, kicks him in the balls, goes for a swim. Then he finds the ring on the ground. Then he walks back. So <laughs> just to keep it real, I know you're a big book guy. That's exactly what happens in the book. I'm a book <laughs> expert. Well, they do have this whole gate thing, which is like... Kicks him in the ball. It shows the prop, like one of those vials that they get from the elven queen, Gladriel. Gladriel. Yep. And then, Brett, my favorite part of the freaking movie is right in here. It, it's so good. I rewatched it a couple times. Sam gets finds the ring, like Corey and I just talked about. Yes. And as he's like walking along, he starts to fantasize about what he would do with the ring. Mm-hmm. And this is like Sam, like we've never seen him. Like I've never seen him before. <laughs> it's like full out. He's Sam the Strong. There's armies cheering for him. And he rides upon Mordor and turns it into this just gigantic garden. And Stevie, I feel like you love this too. But the like orcs all turn into like friendly animals and like run off into nature. Oh my gosh. Birds and crap. This cursed plateau of the Dark Lord Sauron, this orc-infested desert of nameless horrors, let it blossom forth and live! Let it live for Samwise the Strong! Not just that. I also I don't know what it's like in the book, um, but I do love the portrayal of anyone who holds the ring and has deep fantasies turns into a super saiyan and just glows. Um, hmm. I do love that animated quite a bit. And like, was this in the book? Like Sam just having an orgasmic experience about how like loved he is. No, it's a bold choice. Sam has multiple <laughs> orgasms in the book. <laughs> He's slinging ropes. That boy is slinging ropes. I just love to see, like he at one point in this movie, he really kind of makes a decision like, yeah, I want that. Like Mordor would be awesome as a gigantic garden instead of this desert wasteland. Well, according to Amazon, it's what it used to be. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah Josh, but- if you would watch things. But that's just what's so insane is like you have 137 minutes to tell the Lord of the Rings story. You're going to spend five on Sam the Strong's flashback. 90, 97 minutes. It's insane. But yet it's the best part of the movie. 
I, where there's a whip, there's a way. I, uh, well, he comes down. So he has such a, a crazy refractory period where he comes down <laughs> and he's like, well, you know what? I think I'd be fine with just my own garden and work it with my own two hands. Just work in my own garden with my own two hands, you know, That's stroking my own garden back and forth. Actually, my favorite part. Three times a day. Comes right after that part, Josh. It's when he's fighting that orc and he uses the power of LSD. To beat that orc, he like <laughs> shoots LSD at him and he starts dripping balls and running away. And then he just trips right off of the cliff. What what power is that, Corey? That's the power of good time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I ate some sticks. He ate some sticks. Next thing I know, I was tripping balls. This guy was running and he fell off the fucking cliff. And I can't remember the rest because I was so fucking fucked up. <laughs> That's good. Does Sam really abandon Frodo like that? Where he just looks I up don't. and goes, eh, fuck him. I don't think so. <laughs> fuck this. Fuck this. <laughs> I do not think so. Oh, man. Okay, I have a question. Maybe this would be a Stevie... Do you think they focused more on the Sam and Frodo because it was much cheaper than they literally like, couldn't mention the other movie, bro? No, I meant <laughs> like, I meant this uh, is like why we get this. <laughs> they still got sued over this movie, though. Like the Tolkien Estate still sued Rankin yeah. Bass and won <laughs> or settled. Yeah. Um, sorry, Brett. Go ahead, though. Like. Like, no, what I meant was they barely focus on the Battle of Pelnor Fields, which I think you could argue is a lot more exciting than what's going on. Is it to save money on animation? Or do they really just think it was a lot more exciting? Um, I I agree with that sentiment. I think <sighs> saving on anim- like animation is expensive. It's so it's so time consuming. And if you can leave it to where it's like two characters in a frame and a background, go for it. Um, also, they only walk. They're not fighting. They're not fighting. They do a lot of laying. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of laying with A lot of two. rolling down hills. A lot of rolling. A lot of being dirty. Yeah. Um, a lot of close-up shots in the face and so not a whole lot of movement. Um, yeah, I would... I, yeah, I would say save a ton of money on not doing battle scenes. And quite frankly, the animators, in my opinion, probably weren't strong enough to pull off like a full-fledged battle. Like instead of just, you know, 20 spaced out characters and some dust flying up. Um, well, they attempt it, but it's kind of just like... It's not great. The same repetitive motion yeah. over and over, like 20 quick slashes. and then That's like the battle. I mean, I don't think a whole lot of ex-Disney animators are working on this movie. So, yeah, if they're going to save money, just focus on Frodo and Sam doing a lot of talking, a little bit of walking, a lot of laying. A lot of musical transitions. Frodo of the Nine Fingers. (laughs) It it was a real struggle just to animate Sam's peck on Frodo's head. (laughs) Like halfway through the movie. It took weeks. Mikey, why do you like... uh... We just covered recently Nightmare Before Christmas, and you love the art form and admired it for taking so long to make, but you just don't respect this hand-drawn stuff? Uh, I think 
My biggest problem, I'm looking at Gollum right now, and he's just like the worst fucking character to find. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> he's still a frog, a horrible looking frog monster. See, that's what I grew up with. That's how I knew him, because I had seen this movie, uh, The Hobbit, when I was a kid. Would like you picture this if you were dirt. reading the books? Like, is this what you would kind of picture? <laughs> kind or? of, except I, would, I had him like more gray, which is kind of what ended up happening. Yeah, it's just, I don't, if you're, like, even if I'm playing a video game and I don't like the way that the character looks, I'm probably not going to be that much into the video game, which is, like, why I like the the video games that I like is because the characters are fucking awesome looking, Uh, but I don't like Like the way much of any of these people look in this movie, but other than, like, the Witch King is kind of cool looking, But Aragorn looks like a competent man, everybody else is kind of dweeby looking, Gandalf is cool, I don't know. That, I just don't like a lot of the way the people look. I'm actually Denethor surprised. is a fucking abomination. Oh, I know. But apparently people think that he's an abomination in the trilogy. Like, he's... People consider him to be one of the most different characters. But... There's a guy that looks like a goofy-looking Skeletor flying yeah. around. <laughs> Denethor's <laughs> hair is absurd. Like... <clears throat> I couldn't even imagine a real human being having the haircut that Denethor has. His eyebrows connect to his hair on his head, but the middle part is bald. <laughs> it's a ring. It's like his eyebrows go right into his hairline. It's it's wild, man. That's a genetic trait. You're going to make fun of a man for a genetic trait. Maybe Pretty he could be a up, man boy. someday. He's actually, part of the evolution. Actually, of Mikey, man in, my, too. in my notes, you had actually just mentioned this. I believe it was you, and then maybe I agree with you. When we talked during the trilogy, original trilogy, you had mentioned that, like, the Nazgul and the uh, Witch King were, like, one of the coolest, if not, like, the coolest character designs ever. That's why, to me, it was really disappointing to see what the Nazgul looked like. Oh, the Nazgul is not cool at all, but the Witch King, I thought, was a pretty interesting idea, how he's, like, invisible. Uh, but, I mean, that that's just easier for the animators to uh, to animate, I'm sure, as well, but so it's... To do, like, a no flaming skeleton back, over a black robe? I guess I guess he probably could be. Yeah, I do have the my note, Denethor looks crazy, so... Or, I'm sorry, I can't say it anymore. Um, Looks like an old... Douchey turd. I don't know. Whatever's acceptable to say, but yeah, it, that's really weird that they would even have him in here when they don't really talk about Boromir or Faramir. I mean, I think Stevie thinks Faramir is probably hiding. 100%. So he doesn't have to fight. Shows up at the end. <laughs> somewhere getting drunk about how great his brother was. Dude, He's, no, they show him and Eowyn have that look. Just like in the movies where there's no love story, but they just look at each other. That's him, right? <laughs> Did you guys not notice Maybe. that? Yeah. Uh-uh. The guy next to Eowyn on the horse at the end. <laughs> yeah. He, I don't think he'd been in the movie previously, had he? <laughs> I think he's actually Stevie. I think he's in a bar, like you said, in the next town over where he's telling strangers <clears throat> that the Westfold would not have fallen <laughs> if he was there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day, the West Hollywood would never follow. <laughs> Back in my day. Snowman <laughs> is is the name of Theoden's horse. 
Snowman really let him down, man. <laughs> is that? Oh my! That scene is insane. It's like a billion times cooler in the other movie. Snowman fell apart in the fourth quarter, man. <laughs> literally, the Ro- the Ro- no club. The, Ro- the Rohan people are like the horse lords, literally. Places and his out, his horse Snowman. just throws him off. He's dead. He's fucking instantly dead. <clears throat> he breaks a hip and dies. They don't even <laughs> go check his pulse. They just know he's like fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> don't help him up. He's dead. <laughs> no one could have survived that fall. <laughs> <laughs> he's like on the ground wailing in pain. Um, it Did you guys like later, how but- he, he did die from falling off the horse, but they kind of made it seem like Sauron's power just like grew to a point where he just like sniped him with darkness and if they could have pulled that off a little bit better that would have been cool I think in the midst of Feoden's glory his golden shield was dimmed the new morning was blotted from the sky and the dark fell upon him fear no darkness no man no, Snowman, no! And the dark force had claimed our savior, Lord of Rome. Lord Theoden! Nay! Oh, my dear master! Oh, the horror! No, my friend! He is gone. You can do nothing. Hear me! Hear me, O darkness! I will avenge my lord! (laughs) That is something he does, and actually is a power of his, but it doesn't really work like that. It's more of a slow burn. Um, He does use clouds, and it literally makes people depressed and scared, and... But, yeah, it doesn't really... Works super fast on horses. Dude, I sniped that horse. I think I figured out kind of this whole rights thing a little bit. Mm. Shoot. So, what's that guy's name? Ralph Bakshi. Is that his name? Yeah, that's the anime. So he was promised by by the producers of that god awful movie that we did that he was going to get to do the three books into two movies. So. Which makes He's sense because st- it ends on tune in next week to tune yeah. in next week and find out where we go from here. But um, <laughs> litigation, <laughs> yeah, litigation. That's one of my favorite voices you do, Stevie. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, um, he was like, "Okay, you're gonna get to do Return of the King, its own standalone film." So he stops it short. Well, he put part one on there. The producers, knowing they did not own the rights to Return of the King, that's where. Um, what are, the, what are these guys' names? Uh, Frank and Bass. Bass, Bass, Bass Proc- and Rankin? Rankin, yeah, Bass. Bass and Rankin. That's where Bass and Rankin, they already owned that. But they didn't own the rights to the one that Bashki made with um, Fellowship and uh, Two Towers. So that's why they can only mention The Hobbit. So weird. It, it's, a, it's the weirdest thing in the world. But why call your movie Return of the King? So who did the Hobbit? This these people, Rankin Bass, yeah, Rankin Bass, yeah. They they had the rights to Return of the King and the Hobbit. Didn't have the rights to Fellowship and Two Towers. How did that one get made? Which one? Fellowship and Two Towers, I guess. Like if it was not by these guys, 
That seems weird. Yeah, it was a franchise hasn't yeah. been bobbled this hard since yeah, since JJ passed it on to Ryan and they had no idea what the hell they were doing. The producers thought that they would get the rights eventually and they never did. And so they just kept it as one movie and then fired the Bashki guy from ever making a second one. That's what's so funny to me because it's like Lord of the Rings was this unadaptable trilogy, you know, the legend. It's like, no, everyone who did it was just a fucking shit show behind the <laughs> scenes. Like, it's, if you had three movies in the space, you can do it, but not like this. Not like this. <laughs> Not like this. <laughs> Classic. By the way, the, the cover of this movie looks like a Lucky Charms box. Have you seen it? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because these are Lucky Charms characters. <laughs> They're so stupid looking. Who are the dwarves behind them? They don't show a single dwarf in this movie. Didn't have the rights. But why are they on the front cover of the book? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you just add the word cereal to the poster for this oh movie. Exactly. Oh my god, Return of the King cereal. That's perfect. He's got a literal marshmallow shape on his head. Who is that? Shadowfax? No, that's Snowman. You better watch <laughs> your a, ass. There, he's surrounded by seven dwarves. <laughs> yes. What is going on here? <laughs> Snow White and the Return of the King. Hi ho. Hi ho. They want grandmas to buy this for their children for <laughs> Christmas, right? Like, that's all it is. I was thinking this was a children's movie. Every decision makes sense if you think of like their mission statement was to adapt what they had the rights to as cheaply as possible for babies. And then every decision after that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. For babies. No, it really is. Babies! (laughs) I want to push back on the hate a little bit here. (laughs) Mama? (laughs) Mama? (laughs) Sorry, Josh. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I started watching. I I was feeling that too, Pap, really hard. The first 15 or 20 minutes, like they're not explaining anything. They're rushing through the story. But then as I realized that everything they were doing was like wholly original as far as like the like Gollum is so different from any Gollum we've ever seen. The orcs are so different from Peter Jackson's orcs. The Sam story where he kind of goes out of himself for a little while. I felt like I was getting like bonus Lord of the Rings stuff, and maybe I wasn't watching it fairly as a movie. Maybe am I just fanboying out at that point? Yeah, just read the books, bro. Just <laughs> no, but like when I read the books the first time, it was actually before the movies, so I pictured them a different way. Same. But then the movies had him away, so it's nice to see like an another new way and kind of like break. It's good to see stuff that's no. not based directly. No, it's on. not. It's no, nice to see him. <laughs> Come on. Use your imagination a little bit. Josh, this is objectively <laughs> bad and you're insane. Okay, it ain't nice. Here's my question though. Could this be good? Could a 90-minute adaptation musical animated of The Lord of the Rings possibly be good? Yes. Or is it just fucked from the the jump? Uh how much of the story are you cramming in there? This you gotta is- fuck the story. You gotta shit on J.R.R. Tolkien's grave and piss off. <laughs> you gotta not give a shit about what that man wrote. If they and commit, how much? Ninety minutes? Uh, I guess it's with commercials. Ninety minutes, yeah, to fill a two-hour TV time slot. You guys are forgetting this movie omits violence. So you mentioned the for babies thing. Like, yes, if you have violence and badass action animation, pick any ninety minutes from the whole Lord of the Rings like catalog. It's gonna be badass. Like, yeah, but this one picked like the worst, almost the worst ninety minutes. Mm. Yeah, I don't think 
this is definitely marketed to kids, so I really don't think that you could make something that's kid friendly and like palatable to us adult men who like the violence in the live action movies. I, I don't think that's really possible. I might have liked this as a kid. I think they went the right way following the the Hobbits, nonviolent, but you wouldn't have. No, I, I might have. I might have liked this as a kid, but Same. I would not have known what the fuck is going on. I'll tell you that. There's a lot of story here that is missing, right? We already talked about that, but how do you like comprehend like any of this without knowing the lore? Maybe it's just for fans who already know the story. Oh man, but that's brutal to fans, you know? Maybe it was Why? more in the zeitgeist back then, so like more people knew of it. Well, it was because they did like uh, no like BBC way. specials on the radio and stuff. I think there's no way. I think it was big. Lord of the Rings was more in the zeitgeist before the Peter Jackson <laughs> movies, though, right? Like, Pap, these people were reading on stone tablets. They don't have <laughs> movies. They were they loved this shit. The books was all they had until Return of the King animation came out. <laughs> He's right, Pappy. It was a pivotal moment. I don't know if that history. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that history checks out, Mikey. I'll let you guys know here in like five minutes. Let me look it up. Uh, you don't think like people are like more in tune to books like back then? I mean, just like, hey, you read Lord of the Rings yet? Uh, I don't know. It seems like more of a common thing to be to, that more people would be talking about Return of the King like today. I guess. Why can't yeah. you guys just enjoy this as like a different artist's rendition of some of the scenes we know s so well? And some bonus scenes. It's pretty cool. Because I just don't like any art, Josh. Only the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you don't like how just... Aragorn looks? I can't Aragorn even remember. I, I literally can't even remember him. He looks like Jesus. He looks cool. Well, he's the, he's the king. To not set Aragorn up at all and to call him the return of the king is so fucking insane. Like, why am I supposed to be excited yeah. about Aragorn showing up? Where was he? He just, <laughs> he just shows up at the gates and is like... He gives that speech and then he shows up uh, in his white robes at the end, right? He's hardly in the movie. He's the Christ-like character of this movie, 100%. He, just he, does not, he does not cut off the head of the mouth of Sauron in this version. <laughs> I don't believe he does in the book either, so. No, he doesn't. Oh, shit. Yes, he does. Does he? would be pretty badass if he did. Yeah, Spencer knows I'm, I'm right that uh, he definitely... Cuts his head off, and then he takes his place. He kind of becomes the mouth of Sauron for a while in the book, and then they come back and they have the battle. That's all in the book. Take your word for it, dude. You're such a fucking troll tonight. I was gonna say. I mean, <laughs> doesn't he chase him down? No, tell us some more, Corey. I'm a book expert, though. So what happened? What what's going on here? Are you are you talking smack to somebody or? Nah, I'm just having fun with Spencer. Spencer apologized, sent us a really nice email. Well, it wasn't I'm as very nice, good it wasn't as nice to me as it it could have been. It was nice to other people, but <laughs> Oh, did Spencer call you out on lore one time? Oh yeah. And uh I said some stuff to him and Corey said some some stuff to him. He said some uh meaner things than me, but we both took issue so that's a little umbrage with this. him. We never said we were experts. Answer. We never ever said we were experts. We just knew a little more book lore than you guys. I mean, which isn't saying that much. So, 
Spencer, who absolutely loves the pod and is on oh, the yeah. Patreon, loves Spencer. Chose a great, fun movie Not for us long. to record tonight. <laughs> Come on, guys. We love Spencer. Yeah, he's all right. I need Spencer. I like Spencer. Pappy, do you like Spencer? I like Spencer because he said in his reply, what the fuck, Brett? That is so funny <laughs> to me. Did he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> why don't you read that? At the end. Why Why me? I'm... Oh, oh, it's because I was the one that was supposed to be the expert, right? You called yourself the book expert. Which I don't think podcast. I ever. No way. Neither Corey nor I ever did. I've read it twice. I read it in seventh grade, which I'm an old man. Was a long time ago, and I listened to it on audiobooks. But your dad has also been lecturing you on Lord of the Rings since you were a small boy. <laughs> okay. My dad is an expert on Lord of the Rings. We should I- ask your dad how long Frodo had the ring. Because in this movie, I think he says, like, I had it for years. Mm-mm. And I never really got that vibe, but it, it certainly made me wonder, like, how long? The, the whole journey takes like a year, I believe, which makes sense, except for the math is wrong when they say they celebrate Bilbo's 129th birthday. When Frodo gets the ring, it's when Bilbo's obviously 111. Gandalf, I believe, is gone for 17 years. And when he comes back, that's when the journey starts, which takes a year, which Adds up to 119, or 129, but he's supposed to be on Middle Earth for like three or four years, I believe, before he decides he wants to go to Valinor. So, Mm. But we've talked about this. It is like 17 or 18 years that Frodo has the ring in the books, Mm. and I think in this animated thing, and in the movie, it's like two weeks where Gandalf just flies back and does some research in a book. And sprints back on Shadowfax oh, back you to mean the Shire. He has the ring in his possession, yeah, but he's not like wearing it. I don't think. Well, I think it's like in, in this, an envelope. It's in a like little glass container, as they show in this animated I think he's series. Got, like, a, I think he uses it as a Prince Albert when he's gone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank think, you. This yeah, you, it's that's in the book, not for yeah. babies. <laughs> well, yeah, because Tolkien Tolkien knew Prince Albert, so. Actually, I have no idea. Prince Albert was probably dead by then. Anyway. Do you think, Brett, this movie would have been any better if they just said fuck it to the source material, you know, and like went super high level? Let's just use it as like guideposts. Because like even like when they use like Denethor's lines from the books, it feels so out of place. And like all of the things that they pull from the books feel so out of place without context of the previous two books. I don't want to step too much on my yes or no, but I think anything they could have done would have been better than what we watched. Jeez. Um, this little review wow. here on IMDb says, laughing out loud, the mistake some people make with this movie is to take it seriously. I don't know if it was meant to be, but it's quite impossible to do so. So maybe. What does that mean? That it's like a, Almost like how you're supposed to watch uh, Starship Troopers. You're not supposed to take it seriously. And if you don't take it seriously, it's a lot more enjoyable. 
Or there's a whip. There's Stevie, a don't you think that means you're supposed to enjoy it scene to scene? It's not supposed to be good. The whole the whole TV movie <laughs> aspect of this really breaks my argument <laughs> in half. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it sold a lot of cereal during those commercials and what it was intended for selling Lucky Charms or whatever the fuck this guy is supposed to look like. Yeah. Return of the King cereal. Return of the King cereal. <laughs> Ringos. <laughs> Ringos. Ringos. <laughs> There's a whole box full of Ringos, Frodos, and Bilbos, and they're all O shapes. Do what you will. I will hinder it if I may. Hinder me? How fool! Dost thou not know the prophecy? No living man may hinder me. But no living man am I. You look upon a woman. Eowyn am I. You stand between me and my lord and kin. Be gone, for living or dark undead, I will smite you if you touch him. A woman? Eowyn? Tis, tis Lord Theoden's niece. She wanted to ride with us, but he forbade. <laughs> she disguised as a knight and she came hither. It says uh, the main quest lasts around 16 or 17 months from the time Frodo leaves and returns to the Shire. And who's to bring it up if whether it was in our world or not? They actually have dates. Like the ring is destroyed on like March 20th or something like that. So like it actually has human dates. Yeah, they're going to remember that. It's kind of a big deal. It was destroyed on Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) (laughs) Orc Independence Day. Okay, so, uh, man, I can't believe I literally have my fifth to last note is where there's a whip, there's a way. <laughs> bom, 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 have bom. we talked about that at all? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It feels like it had to have been created independently of this movie, right? Like, whoever wrote that song was just in their own room, and everything else happened, and then they came back with their notes on this, like, what the fuck am I contributing to? Like, it's, it's too good for this movie. I even thought the John Denver thing was kind of good. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> for a TV movie, nah, wasn't bad. Nah, winks. Um, I have them. I have hardly anything shown of battle, which we talked about earlier. My next note is: Is this the worst Lord of the Rings movie? I think we kind of talked about that a little bit. Definitely. Did no. anybody notice when no? Eowyn wait, took wait. her The Hobbit? No, the Hobbit. worse than. No, it's not worse than The Hobbit. Yes, it's worse than <laughs> Yes, it's worse than The Hobbit. I'm sorry. It's worse than the Lord of the Rings animated movie. Oh bullshit. It's it's better than that. Thank you. Is what I'm saying. Sorry. So it's not what? the worst one. Uh I have a note here. Did anybody notice that when Eowyn took her helmet off, her hair just starts flowing in the breeze and then just like the wind stops and it's not like that anymore? Obviously that was a choice. It costs money, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> and then they start talking about oh, the air, the stinky air. How could she breathe? Because that's. Uh, I thought like, that was cool. A little because uh, you had mentioned that on Return of the King, right? That like the Witch King has like some sort of smell or something associated with him when whenever he's like the, around. I think he has the the breath of something. Yeah, the breath so of Sauron or something like that. Yeah, it was kind of cool to see that. But this is why this is so valuable. Though it's just one line. Is because we know. Yeah, but it was only one line, and there's like no stink lines or anything anywhere. They just say it. <laughs> okay, but we 
experts on the subject know why she can withstand such stink. She's been eating the worst stew. <laughs> She's the worst cook. She's like, like, oh, that's my secret ingredient. Mm. Whoever's writing this knows the character really well. Yeah. This one thing I know about the writers, they know Lord of the Rings. Her, her rancid fucking meals have given her immunity. Uh, immunity. Immunity from the black bread. Damn, that she must eats be some raccoon foul shit. eyeballs, and she's like super strong now. <laughs> what is she eating over there, man? Dead orcs. <laughs> her stew is so bad it rivals the black breath. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, uh, man, that's probably what took the Witch King out. You know, the Witch King, you guys talked about that he looks kind of cool. I, I think he definitely looks better than the other ring yeah. wraiths. But, like, he's kind of, like, offset because he looks cool, he lands, and then he holds out his sword, and he gives this little, like, ding sound. And then he talks, and he kind of sounds like Krang. And it's like, okay, this is not the right vocal choice. Oh, I was thinking he sounded like Starscream from yeah, the old... Like- yeah, it sounds like a Transformer. Yeah. I bet you some of these guys are Transformers. He sounds like a robot. How should he sound, though, guys? What does a Ring Ray sound like? Are you just going straight Peter Jackson hissing shit? Well, he's got to be way more raspy. Yeah. Rasp. See, you guys are deluded. What? And I don't like... I, I really <laughs> hate the way Frodo and Sam talk. I, maybe especially Frodo. I don't like what he's doing. Pippin has got to be the worst of the hobbits though. Cause he sounds like a, like an animated, like Opie. <laughs> that's the voice of Shaggy. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone loony. I no, tell you. No, that's, that's Mary. And I oh, was thinking, yeah. why Sorry. have one of the biggest names in the country and you give him like six lines. Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem. Like he was pretty huge in 1980. Remember the second tenant as cheaply as possible. <laughs> Some of his lines stuck out so hard sounding just like him. What was his show? Like, oh yeah, that was such a, like he did the top 40 every weekend, right? For a long time. And then like he did his own Casey Kasem for a long time. Like, but yeah, he was known as like, the, he did the top 40 for a long time. And he did, like someone said, he was shaggy. I mean, he had a really nice career, so. Nay, Pippa, not till Bilbo was cut it. Because first, I look at the purse. Women in the audience got so worked up, they'd start screaming and fling their purses at the contours on stage. Joe Billingsley recalls, we used to have competitions against the Temptations. They would have beautiful harmony, nice routines. We couldn't sing as well, but we'd kill them on stage. The Miracle's the same way. It was friendly competition. We were friends, but on stage, it was a job. In the book, The Motown Story, writer Don Waller says, of course the Temptations remember those days a little differently. Who's right? I don't know, but the last act I'd want to follow is one that inspires women to throw their purses on stage. End of quote. Here they are at number 17 with their hit that's back on the charts after all these years. The Contours. Do you love me? You broke my heart because I couldn't dance. You didn't even want me around. And now I'm back to let you know I can really shake them down. Also, John Huston. I know is in like, this as Gandalf, <laughs> one of the most legendary writer directors ever. Like, just seems so. It seems kind of out of place in this. But here's my question to you, Brett. Gandalf, John Huston. 
How does this movie manage to make him boring and such a downer? This is the worst <laughs> Gandalf I've ever seen. I, I, I feel like there was no one... Like People like maybe might laugh when you think about acting in animated movies, but I think everyone knows that... I mean, you have to be able to direct actors in this too and it just seemed like they didn't like they didn't seem like they gave him any direction now i'm sure he was pretty old at the time it wasn't that old 74 73 74 but gandalf but yeah it's, it's kind of bad all, all hope is lost gandalf's such a downer he's such a doomer he's like uh well we can't make it out of here or uh, my spirit is leaded. my spirit is lead yeah well <laughs> uh, Aragorn will take over if he makes it like what you're supposed to be the the guy uplifting everybody. That's literally what his ring does. Is it helps people. He helps uplift people. Yeah. The Hobbit's like, Aragorn will take over. If he makes it, yeah. Frodo will destroy the ring. If he doesn't die, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> anyone will kill the witch king. If he doesn't kill her first, yeah. like, all right, Gandalf, smoke some pipe weed. You need, you need a minute. Here we're missing a lot. We haven't seen him destroying the Balrog in this this version and that hurts it a lot like you don't have the built up trust in the white wizard <laughs> you know what I mean like in the uh, in the trilogy he's always like the guy leading and spurring them on so when he does have a dour moment it's like oh shit all hope is lost and it's like everything's Stevie not lost Stevie mentioned it so many times like the Man, that's so hard to talk during while breathing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. It's, it's so just hard good. to talk. But see if you know the all hope is lost moments. Like it works well in the trilogy, but here it's just like Gandalf's role as a plot element. Yeah. It's like, is he always like that? You know? <laughs> is he always just a downer piece of shit? I mean, I mean I just I love those scenes where he's like, come on, Pippin, time to die. Like, <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> There's no that inspirational speech of like you know death is another you know path of life that we all must take. It's just like, all right, boy, get on the horse. Time to die if you want. <laughs> Do you want to die? Come with me, bud. Do you? You don't want have to, to hear... die here, but <laughs> the two taglines for this movie. The one first one was the thrilling climax to J.R.R. Tolkien's classic Hobbit stories. Dot, 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 in animation. Mm. And then the second one is a story of hobbits. That's it. No, it's if classic. there's a whip. That's what it should be. That's what the first review on here says. A fan review. If there's, there's a whip. Where there's a whip, dot, 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 dot. It's unbelievable how we're so stuck on that. Classic. <laughs> Who knew? We, we didn't want to do, we didn't want to do the wall, but instead we got an, another movie with classic jams, so. I think we picked a good one to do. I think this has been a, a good pod. And I'm anxious to see what everyone's... I'm usually the one that's on the other end defending a movie. But I don't know if that's going to be me this time. My last note I have is like the part that cracked me up. Another part is when... First of all, how does it... How is it so that live action and CGI looks much better Gollum fighting somebody invisible than an animated movie does. Shouldn't that be much easier to do? It looks terrible. Like when Gollum's fighting the invisible uh, Frodo in Mount Doom. It doesn't look great in Return of the King either. Dude, I like it in this movie. My favorite part is when Gollum like stanky legs himself right off the cliff. (laughs) 
He like dips in Nene's right off. It's really funny. <laughs> that sucks. That's not as cool. He ah. falls in that lava fast. Like they don't have time for the dramatic fall. Like as soon as he fucking trips on a rock, he is in the lava. <laughs> it's just like weird. Like, you know, you're used to the the Peter Jackson movie. So you have like a certain expectation of like how a dramatic moment should play out. And then it just doesn't do it at all in this. Like <laughs> Well, there's, yeah. it's so dumbed down just for kids. Like you can't make that hyper violent, a man melting and like Frodo's finger isn't even bleeding. It's a clean cut. Yeah, it's no blood. He looks like a fucking chicken wing. <laughs> I think what Corey's talking about is what is the stuff of like great storytellers. Like you find the good dramatic moments of the source material and enhance it and cue it up correctly and edit it carefully and you don't make a hobbit rolling down a hill for 15 minutes like a key highlight point of the movie what really gets me about this though guys is that i'm pretty sure this is more book accurate in in the movie the trilogies he gets kind of shoved in by frodo and i feel like that makes a lot of sense but in this one he dances in and that's what really happens in the books right he just dances in he just skipped to my lose in the lava. I can't remember if he gritties into the lava or not. <laughs> gritties. I think he celebrates yeah. into the lava. He gets a 15-yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. He might. Like what? Out of madness? He's just like, he's just totally corrupted by the ring and just is dancing mindlessly into the lava? Mikey, imagine the most intense orgasm of all time. Multiply that by a thousand. Oh, I'm there. I'm there, brother. <laughs> That's what Gollum's going through at that moment. It propels him into the lava. I would be pretty delirious as well. Like, he shoots so much, he dries out Mount Doom. Yeah, he shoots him like a rocket <laughs> into the lava. As Mikey would say, he's shooting straight ropes, like, right? Yeah. Uh, that is correct. He does actually just slip and fall. Does he? Yeah. What an idiot. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> Should have been a song Dumb about ass. it. Yep, says he lost his balance of felon. Brett, you talk a lot of you talk a lot about like what alienates book users or book book readers. And book it's users. like whenever it whenever <laughs> they like stop with the store the source material. So they like that's what Peter Jackson did with the whole like biting the finger and there's like a tussle, and that makes so much more sense visually. But this animated thing like actually followed the book, but it, it comes off flat. It doesn't look as good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lesson there. Yeah. I'm not saying that it it just that thought it looked really weird. Like just thought it was a weird choice how they animated that. But I don't know. I just feel like what's missing here is like the whole last movie is with Sam and Frodo is like just pure emotion. Like they are ex, ex past the point of exhaustion. They're going on pure fumes and adrenaline and and duty and that's just completely gone here they're just chatting like it's sunday brunch the whole the time jog down the hill cracked my shit up what does that he say die well sam so well fucking... sam wise <laughs> die well sam wise like dude like the lava is just right on their ass not a care in the world for uh good old frodo there he's just ready to die yeah sam is like uh i don't think so pal i'm still gonna try to Try to escape here as best as I can. And then the eagles come. And then, like somebody mentioned earlier, we get this really quick thing with Aragorn, I think, being made king. Why? 
It's the return of the king. It's the return. Because of the title of the movie? He has returned. No one's returned in this movie. Like Nothing has returned. He was never here. He was never returned. He was never here, and then he came back, okay? It's ridiculous. <laughs> the arrival of the king. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And why doesn't he look Native American in this one? <laughs> does True. He, why doesn't he have shorts oh, on? Very big, very different design. Yeah. Why is he wearing I, shorts? I miss the John Redcorn version of Aragorn. Not, not this guy. <laughs> not my Aragorn? Not my Aragorn. They whitewashed Aragorn? Mm-hmm. I mean, they pretty much whitewashed him right out of the movie. Gotta respect it. Frodo of the nine fingers and the ring of doom. And now we all know. But alas, look. <laughs> just, just resting my eyes. So then it goes back to their little cut in the cake on... Bilbo's birthday, and then they just, oh, by the way, I'm going to the to the ship tomorrow <laughs> to go to Elf Heaven. By the way, I'm going to die. Sam's like, do I have to die too? And I was like, no, you can't. <laughs> You're not invited. No, bro. you idiot. <laughs> Frodo seemed fine, you know? He seemed like he, he he'd gotten over it. And then he's like, you know what? I'm weary of the world. I'm going. It's really explained well in this version that... That moment where he has the trauma, Corey, it shows his face close up with the music and scenes of him getting whipped by the orcs are playing in like half speed. You mean the uh, John Denver happy time music? (laughs) Yeah, it's really happy time (laughs) at that point. It was a good memory according to the the emotional pull of the song. (laughs) But the visuals are absolutely (laughs) insane. Yeah. Terrible PTSD. I thought that made sense that he was like, I'm weary of this world. I'm ready to get the F out. Didn't seem weary to me. Those were his best memories, his most cherished. Again, like, they don't set it up at all. I want to say one other thing. The guy that uh, is the mouth of Sauron in this version, that animated character does actually look like Bruce Spence. A hundred percent. I had that note too. Bruce Spence looking mouth of Sauron. (laughs) It is interesting to go back and watch the animated movies and kind of see how they influenced the Peter Jackson movies. I mean, you can see pieces coming through for sure. Like the way certain things are like designed, they're either directly from these animated movies in some cases, or like there was some kind of art created that the animated movies and Peter Jackson both borrowed from. Or they paid homage in some of the ways they like framed things as well. Which one's more book accurate about the mouth of Sauron? The movie or, I meant like the Peter Jackson movie or this one? Uh, they're both flawed in their own way. Wait, I, which one, Corey? One looks like a mechanic and one looks like a monster. <laughs> like, you can't, there's <laughs> no the captain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they specifically stated in this one, he is a dude. He's, he's like, a, like a man of some kind. He's a black, black Numenorian. Yeah, he's, he's a black man, and he. Uh, <laughs> That's not what I said. In the other version, like the way Aragorn kills him, obviously that's like the biggest difference between yeah. like the the true source material, I'd say. Um, but you know, it's a lot more drawn out. There's a lot more people there, like in the Peter Jackson one compared to this one. So it, there's differences in both. 
but nothing really is like fleshed out in this one at all. You know, the animated version is so condensed <laughs> and the things that they spend time on are still just a fraction of the source material. That's always going to be the case though. We've kind of gotten to the end. So why don't we do some more, some last minute final thoughts. And then when that's done, we can go right in the yes or no's again. I don't have trivia tonight. I don't know why I'm saying again so much. I apologize, but um, anybody have any thoughts? Final thoughts. I'm in pure agreement with Pap. I don't think um, when there's a whip, there's a way was written for this movie. <laughs> it's too good. Doesn't fit. It's too good, and it fits just enough. And it's such an outlier. No way in Hades someone was commissioned to write that song for this movie. Musically, it's nothing like anything else in the movie, right? And that's like no. the only way you can make this work. It's because the fucking John Denver folk just wears you down so much in this. Like, if they would have had even like a little bit of variation in like styles of music, that would have helped a lot. Like, when you hear something that's different, it's like, oh, this is so nice. It's not like what I've been listening to for the last hour or so. I also had the pronunciations, Brett, minus Tirith. Yeah, there was a lot of bad ones. Pretty lazy, I would, I would say. But did they have any way of knowing at the time? You know what I mean? No, like, probably not. Well, I mean, I mean, his son was still alive who knew everything about it. Yeah, but then you'd have to like, but, write yeah, the they letters. weren't really uh, loving each other, I guess. So they're just covering their bases without the rights. I don't know. Like, they probably did the best they could. I think the only way that if there's a whip, there's a way song works is if they commission someone and he like method acted in his mind what it was like to be an orc for like three months. And he like came up with this song like, man, I feel like the orcs don't really have that much control of their life, man. And like, if they could really, like he got deep into it and he wrote a hell song for us and you guys should appreciate it. I mean, he wrote a song. We've been praising, that's the only thing we've been praising the whole night is the song. Well, I feel like Stevie was just under... He was just undercutting it, saying like, oh, no, it's not No, I'm not undercutting it. I'm just saying, if you put this song at the beginning of like a Starsky, Starsky and Hutch um, song or uh, show, um, or even like Serpico, it makes sense. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, why is the why is the guitar so funky? There's like such a There's funky guitar bass riff yeah, or something. <laughs> so much is going on. Another thing we didn't talk about the mouth of Sauron while we're on final thoughts, Brett, is Bruce Spence is talking mad shit to our non-Native American animated Aragorn. <laughs> and he's like, you know, you're no king. Like, you're just a man. Like, this rabble doesn't make you a king, blah, blah, blah. And Aragorn's woody retort to this is, we shall see. <laughs> yeah, no, that was so, I'm so One glad. One of the strangest you said deliveries that. I've fucking ever heard in a movie. Him. We shall see. I hate this guy. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> uh, Stevie, I don't know if this will disappoint you or not, but the same guy who sings and wrote Frodo of the Nine Fingers wrote Where There's a Whip, There's a Way. Really? Yeah, I mean, he wrote the song that, like, the one that, like, it goes on and on. <sighs> Does that disappoint you? Not at all. I'm just, I'm blown away by it because it makes no sense to me. But again, he doesn't sing like, it. I, I understand. I understand like, genius. wanting to like, <laughs> you know, branch out from, you know, styles of music and stylistically and stuff. But like, 
going from you know soft folk ballads about short people with hairy feet to you know 70s detective drama it's really strange he wrote uh frodo of the nine fingers where there's a whip there's a way the end of the ring and roads go ever ever on and he obviously sang probably the other three songs but you know the orcs were the real singers the heroes oh yeah on where there's a whip there's a way Corey, i want to get really like specific on this though because you love nightmare before christmas and you're such an adamant like defender of the songs like what specifically makes that musical exposition good and this musical exposition bad if you had to put a word on it talent (laughs) (laughs) talent would be the word (laughs) talent raw talent and nightmare before christmas in terms of like the expositional storytelling that's just something that's inherent to musicals right so that that's that's something that existed before tim burton's the nightmare before christmas but in that movie the dialogue isn't too heavy in between the uh the songs Mm. so the songs do a lot of the heavy lifting right the songs are telling us things and they're and they're interesting and there's a lot of uh you know there's beautiful animation during them and there's a lot of like kinetic energy during them there's a lot of like movements and it's it comes together in a way that this doesn't and this one is very repetitive right so you get a lot of the same kind of like dialogue too much time spent on a scene and then a transitional song and then kind of like where does it go to next and then a transitional song it's a little bit repetitive the songs just aren't as good in my opinion uh i don't really know how to like put a word on that but you know comparatively one song to another i just i find the (laughs) nightmare before christmas more pleasing to the ear in addition to that stevie what's better this is halloween or where there's a whip there's a way oh this is halloween that's not even close okay (laughs) i figured what about what's this what's this well i mean it's kind of like you know Corey was really hitting on it too a great musical will push a story forward with its music and not describe the story with its music, which is what this movie does in a fantastic way. You know, I'm pretty sure there are scenes of that guy just going and Frodo bent down cause he was tired and alone <laughs> and that's what we get. So yeah, oh, that's good. Anybody else? That was a good question. Yeah, quick note. Galadriel's file, it sounds like a like a 60s computer. It sounds very strange. <laughs> it like creates like static electricity or something or TV static. It brings TV static into the real world and it makes a bunch oh. of uh, pre-Star Wars is, sci-fi noises. Is a Twilight Zone SFX board? <laughs> Ouch. Something's burning me. What's this? A file. And what magic is in it to make it glow so? Yep. I like how Frodo's like, I don't have any time to explain how this works to you, Sam. Just shut up and go with it for the rest of the movie. Oh, the the light? <laughs> yeah, because Sam's like, yes. why does this work? And Frodo's like, don't worry about it. I can't tell you. Just keep going. That was in a previous movie that we can't talk about. <laughs> it's all explained there. I don't have the legal rights to explain this to you, Sam. <laughs> that should have been in the movie. 
Like that line of dialogue right there. We shall see. <laughs> Anybody else? Let us. Let's go opposite way. Let's go east to east. Give us a yes or no. Corey? Hello, Corey. Kylo Ren memes. The movie is a no. I think Lord of the Rings, you know, it's it's hard it's hard to separate myself from the uh the Peter Jackson movies cuz it was my first exposure to Lord of the Rings. I saw The Fellowship of the Ring in theaters and I didn't even know that Lord of the Rings was a book series. And I was very surprised when it ended, by the way, because, you know, at the time, sequels were not a guarantee. So I thought that was just the end of the movie, because that's kind of how I was conditioned with movies up to that point. You know, there might be a sequel, but probably not. So anyway, I, I'm very much like um, in tune with those as like kind of my original source material. Maybe that's the reason I even like those more than the books. The books are more expansive, well-beloved. You know, they've stood the test of time. But to me, those movies are the gold standard. So that being said, it's really hard to sit through like what is always going to be like a shittier version of those, right? Like anything that isn't those is a shittier version. I would prefer like something more like rings of power in that way mm-hmm. something where it's like not that story but it's like vaguely connected like that i'm okay with because you know in my mind i can kind of like connect the dots but if it's the adaptation to me it's not going to work so based on that like it's already going to be a lower than normal vote just because of my inherent bias uh, but that aside even this this is just not very good it's not very engaging the story is convoluted as a standalone movie i assume Voice acting is up and down. Animation is up and down. The songs get annoying and repetitive. And uh, I just don't really like it. (laughs) Okay. We shall see what everyone else thinks. Um, Mikey? Uh, It's it's a definite no. Um... Just, uh, it was a slog to get through. It's just, I don't know, clearly edited or something to be slowed down to fit 90 minutes. And the dialogue is way too slow for me. So I watched it a little bit faster just to get through it. Some of those songs are catchy, but they're not great songs. I will give it credit for like, uh, the, the setting design and uh, especially like around Mount Doom and through the caves and stuff, I thought looked especially cool. But I just the character design is so bad for so many of the characters that are especially the main characters. Frodo and Sam look just so goofy. Uh, can't really get behind them. Just not very strong storytelling wise either. So it's a definite no. Just it's a really tough 90 minute watch. Just a real slog of a movie. And there's much better Lord of the Rings stuff out there. Hearing Mikey say it's a really tough 90 minute watch. If you know, Mikey, that's saying something because 90 minutes to him is the perfect movie. It's not too long. So if it like, did it seem like a lot longer than 90 minutes to you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you sped it. You sped watched it, right? You speed watched it. I don't know. And then, yeah. And then there's clearly the parts of the movie where you see that, Oh, we're just grabbing clips from the Hobbit or something. Like we didn't even animate this. We just got to fill up. We just got to fill some space. We got five minutes to to fill here. So, 
Just, cool. just really lazy, I guess, is what I would say. Stevie? Yeah. Um, Come on, baby. I'm happy. Come on now. I'm happy I watched it. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm happy that <laughs> it exists. Woo! Yeah. In the crazy way that it does. Let's go. Not going to lie. I love hearing when there's a whip. And you hear that whoosh in between it. Oh, it's great. That's just fan fucking tastic. That means it. Um, man, Lord of the Rings is my favorite grip of movies or trilogy of all time. It's not even close. Like those are, I mean, God, I watch those things, you know, in one setting every year. Um, on that note. This is one of the strangest movies I've ever seen in my life compared to like the source context and you know all the media that's been out before and around it. Uh, this is a hard fucking no. Um, <laughs> yes. This movie sucks. Um, but that doesn't mean I won't play when there's a whip, there's a way, you know, driving on the way into work or if I hear it, I'm going to start, you know, tapping my foot. It's just a jam. But other than that, I hate 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 the story in this movie so much um <coughs> parts that were unique to this movie just aren't all that much fun to watch especially sam going super saiyan mode for five to ten minutes it was really strange um so hard no but you know when there's a whip there's a way 10 out of 10 Cool. <laughs> I love Stevie's, Stevie's surprise. Yes or no's. Um, Josh? Where there's a whip, there's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> we all love the source material of this, and this is just like a different perspective of it. <laughs> I love it. I put forth my arguments pretty aggressively during the course of this entire pod, so it's just a yes. <laughs> but to all you spoiler men and everyone listening, a good life awaits you back in the Shire. Plump hobbit wives, good hobbit meals, long leisurely smoking of good hobbit pipes. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Uh, Bap? Yeah, this is going to be a hard no. For, Come for, on! <laughs> no way, Josh. <laughs> I, here's the thing, it's like, yeah, it's cool to see a different interpretation of Lord of the Rings, and this adaptation wasn't biased by what Peter Jackson like chose to like pick from the books. But that being said, th- this whole project broke down so early in the creative process by like their <laughs> limitations, and like it, based on their like restrictions of what they were trying to do, it could only be so good. And like I'm not seeing, saying that like Disney in the '80s could have done any better, but you could do a movie for children about the basic story of Lord of the Rings with songs that would be way fucking better than this. Effective punishment movie, Spencer. Good choice. Thanks again for your generous donation. Um, but this is probably the worst Lord of the Rings thing, like period, that's ever been made. It, it's got to be right up there. Hard fucking no. <sighs> we haven't even watched the Russian Lord of the Rings. Oh, thing. Christ. Do you think the um, Beatles, who is the director, Kubrick, co- collaboration would have been better? I feel like that could have been really cool. 
actually now that i see this even like if the songs were good do you really think that i think if the songs were good dude did the beatles write is there if there's a whip did there's the beatles write it where there's a <laughs> walrus there's a way there's submarine it was written by the fifth beetle glenn yarborough all right i guess that leaves it to me everyone knows me i have like a 95 percent yes rate i pretty much like every movie that being said yeah this is a no <laughs> wow it was very very early in the movie where i just my eyes just glazed over and i i grew up watching the hobbit movie and i liked it i liked the animation on it I liked the design of the the goblins and the orcs. I the elves are weird. I mean, even the spiders were done well, but like like seeing it as an adult, it just didn't work for me. This is uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'd say a hard no, but I probably would say a really hard no. So I guess that makes this food I don't know stale Nimbus bread crumbs. That's pretty damn good. It's sustaining. That's really I don't fucking know about good. good. That can just. <laughs> I feel like it's a good movie to get a lot of memes from. I feel like we could take some funny screen caps and. Oh yeah, oh yeah. By the way, the opening title card says "Return of the King," and on the bottom, it it misspells "Productions." So <laughs> if that kind of gives you a uh, good indicator, yeah, a good indicator in, what's right? going on. Yeah, it's nine or ten minutes in. Uh, hey Brett. Yeah. I know we're about to toss it to Spoiler Man, right? I feel like you're queuing it up a little bit. No, no, we got. There, I have no well, trivia, so we got time, a little time. Spencer I, hates I trivia, ha- by the way. But Spencer hates trivia, but I have like you, good man. I have a trivia if you'd like. It. Oh my! God. It's the quickest, closest to. <laughs> Let me email. It's up Spencer to you guys. Real quick, let's just let's just do it. <laughs> Sorry, Spencer. <laughs> Okay, so if there's a whip, there's a way. So obviously it's got to be whip-related trivia. A lot of us are from Indiana. Indiana Jones carried a whip. Including Spencer, by the way. Fun fact. Yeah. Thereabouts. According to indianajones.fandom.com, Harrison Ford mostly carried a blank foot whip. Ooh. He carried a 12-foot whip. Stevie? Seven. You fell. <laughs> you fell. Brett? You fell. Uh, I'm going to go 15 feet, Alex. Mikey? That's a 13 foot bulwark. <laughs> Damn it, Mikey. <laughs> Corey? Uh, 14? Peppy, what did you say? 12. Damn! Brett, what did you say? 15. So we've got 12, 13, 14, Who 15. Who said seven? Stevie. I did. You two were the closest. Happened to be 10 foot. Sometimes he used the eight oh, foot, damn. but mostly he used the 10 Cap. foot whip. Let's go. Let's go. Cap so I tossed it to Spoiler Man? Yeah, have you ever done that? Toss it up. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Spencer. <laughs> Sorry, Spencer, for having to listen to Josh's closest to trivia there i know how much you ate that but i do love your support to all the patreons we're trying to get your episodes out more patreon episodes coming soon thank you for listening take it away spoiler man special thank you to our patrons 
Druid King. He decided to pursue them into Mordor, across the Gorogoruth Plateau, and to the very bastion of Sauron himself, the Dark Tower of Baradur. Matt Troll. I'll get to you somehow! Brother Brian. Ah, you know the gates to the land of Mordor and your Dark Lord Sauron. Nick. Plain Hobbit sense. The Meg. How can I kill such a pitiful and cringing abomination? David. This war's without final hope. Nurse Stacy. We shall see. Come forth! The wolf. Come forth! Barky 420. You will return with us tomorrow to Hobbiton. Davy We cannot be parted. Total movie recall. Oh, curse you, you stinking thing! P.K. Good friend, savior of all we hold precious, of course thou might join us. Spencer. The ring is destroyed in the fires where it was wrought. At last, the ring exists no more. Lip sync with a song that was number one for four consecutive weeks. The singer was Cynthia Johnson and the song Funky Town now at number two. And now we're up to the new number one song in America. But first, let's take a look at the tops of the other Billboard charts. At number one on the country chart is Trying to Love Two Women by the Oak Ridge Boys. At number one on the soul chart is Take Your Time by the SOS Band. And the best-selling album in America this week is Glass Houses by Billy Joel, third week in a row. And on the pop singles chart, there's a new song at number one. But the leader of the act at number one is no stranger to the top of the countdown. He's been here 26 times before in his 16-year chart history. And here he is again, with the new number one song in America. Where there's a whip, there's a way. Where there's a whip, there's a way. Where there's a whip, we don't want to go to war today. But the Lord of the Lash says, Right, left, 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 right, left
dude, you guys got to listen to where there's a whip, there's a way at 1.2. It'll change your life. I swear. I'm telling you, you can't get to 1.2. It goes from 1.18 to 1.23. <laughs> what are you what on VLC? Are you yes. Are you on VLC? Playback. Playback speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are some steady hands. Do fine. Okay, okay. whatever. All right. <laughs> that was spoilers.